man, in less than a year, you're ranked number 15 in the people consider the most stacked division in the UFC, the bantamweight division. Casey, man, how do you describe that? Like most guys, it takes like three, four years, five years to get ranked. Right. I mean, uh, you know, I'm super, super grateful for, uh, you know, uh, receiving the ranking. But, you know, it's something that I truly, you know, uh, a, tr- a place I truly believe I belong for a long time. Right. Uh, you know, uh, even on the top of the LFA cage when I was champ champ, you know, I screamed out UFC top 10. Here I come. Right. And I'm right on the ass of the top 10. So, uh, you know, uh, granted, the two guys that I beat, you know, those guys could easily be up there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, same way with uh, Marab. You know, I feel like he could be there uh, as well, too. So, um, you know, I got thrown into the fire and, you know, I've delivered. So uh, I'm looking to, uh, you know, solidify that, that ranking, I guess. You know, your time in the LFA, being a double champ and, and fighting the best guys in the regional scene, nowadays you see a lot of guys jumping in at like 5-0, and 6-0, and 7-0. and Do you feel like they're jumping in too early? They need to go out there and win some belts and get that experience in main events? And is that kind of like the secret to your success of getting in there and winning against the top guys? Yeah, um, you know, I got a call when I was 5-0. and You know, I had really... My resume, I hadn't fought anybody super, super tough. You know, I was uh, about to fight Jared Papazian for the Hitachi belt, you know, and they called me like five days before. just didn't end up going through. But, you know, I would have jumped on that opportunity. Uh, Now looking back at it, you know, I think eight fights later, I end up getting signed, something like that. Uh, I'm super grateful for all that experience that I gained, you know, in those LFA title fights, you know, fighting up at 35, you know, Ramon Salazar. Uh, you know, just a bunch of experience that I got from grinding my way, you know, to that spot. Also the contender series twice, you know, that was a huge, uh, uh, step of experience, you know, for me as well. So, um, yes, I definitely think the guys jumping in five and six and oh, you know, some of them are ready. I felt ready. Uh, but I'm, I'm really happy with the way it went down. Yeah. I feel bad for the guys that kind of get in there too early and then, they lose like two, three, or even they lose one and they get cut. And it's almost like impossible for them to get back into the UFC. But luckily, there's other promotions out there, you know, like the PFL and Ryzen and one championship. Right. And, you know, like, you know, if I would have got signed at like five or six and oh, um, I feel like I could have learned a lot, you know, in the UFC. I mean, I, all those eight fights, I feel like they were UFC caliber fights anyways, you know. Um, so I could have definitely taken a bigger paycheck for those eight fights and been, been, you know, learned and been happy with it. Uh, but like I said, you know, I came in, I came in hot the way I wanted to off a knockout and against some stiff competition and it's landed me, you know, in the top 15 of the hottest, one of the hottest divisions in the UFC. Yeah. That confidence really played a big role in the fight against Borg, Bermudez, big wins. Mm -hmm. When you dissect those fights, what do you see like from those victories that are going to benefit you, not even in the next fight, but like four fights later or five fights later in the UFC? Right. Um, you know, Borg and Bermudez, they, they're both like grappling heavy. You know, that's where they really dominate their fights, but they're kind of different styles. You know, one's a submission specialist, one's a control, uh, beat you up type of specialist in the board. Uh, and you know, I passed both those tests and, um, 
I knew my grappling skills were were top class, you know, especially against bigger 35ers, and I don't think they get any bigger than Manny, yeah. you know. Uh, so, and I passed those tests, you know, not only – I knew something I knew in my head, but I've never, you know, I never really experienced it. I could out-grapple all those flyweights, you know, being a little bit bigger, a good-sized flyweight, but, you know, that was like one of my biggest uh, – you know, learning experiences from that, uh, especially the Manny and then, you know, Borgs, you know, the, the last guy to, to beat him up or stop him besides me was uh, Mighty Mouse. So, you know, he's up with the best of the best and uh, felt like, you know, just really like I proved it, you know, just like an artist, they maybe have something in their mind that they can paint and, you know, it's, it's really no good until they actually paint that picture. And, you know, that's kind of what I did in my first two fights. And now I feel like, Let's go. Let's take on the best in the world and collect another belt. You know, a lot of people expected you to get back quick, but we haven't mm-hmm. seen you since last October. That's like, yep. uh, sorry, last August. And that's, right, right. yeah, last August. And it's been, uh, what, six months or so? Man, yep. it's just like, what were you doing? You know, was it just the UFC side? They weren't sending you any contracts or what was happening? Yeah, uh, so I, I've been I've been asking for a fight since the day after uh, I fought Manny. Uh, I've been training the whole time. I've been staying ready, actually. You know, I stayed ready just in case uh, anything happened on December fourteenth with those bantamweight fights. Um, I've basically been ready this whole time. Um, just the, really the UFC side, and uh, you know, nothing against them. It's just they kind of seemed like they put a pause on matching up a lot of Bantamweights until the Faber and the auto thing went down. And then they matched everybody up kind of, you know, there and then at the beginning of 2020. So uh, still kind of understanding all that, you know. Um, got one of the best managers in the game, Jason House. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he's on it. But just sometimes the way the, way the matchups work in the UFC, you know, even if you're on a – a winning streak you may have to uh you know you may have to hit the sidelines for just a second until the right matchup works when frankie egger dropped out the fight with Corey sanhagen i thought man they got to put somebody in with Corey, right but he has to be in the rank and i was like man won't you just put casey in there man let him fight you know like he has... down. i would have been down that would have been another huge step in the yeah. you know up the ladder but you know uh i would i would have said yes to that man i Let's just say this. Uh, I don't say no to many fights, you know. On my way to uh, when I, I think it was like a, two years after the Contender Series, you know, I literally text my manager every flyweight fight that fell out in the UFC, like three days' notice, two weeks' notice. I was like, I'll do it. I'll do it, you know. So uh, I've been ready to fight, but, you know, sometimes you just got to sit back and, uh, you know, get better. And that's what I've been doing. Marab, was he a name that you expected? on the contract for the next fight? Uh, I mean, like we said, you know, Bantamweight's so stacked right now. Uh, I thought maybe a ranked opponent, but, you know, you see that a lot. Not all, not always do ranked opponents fight other ranked opponents. You know, they fight guys that are, you know, kind of that maybe could be there too, right? Um, that's kind of where Marab's at. You know, he's he's won his last two. Uh, I thought he won his first – I thought he won his debut – you know, uh, the judge's decision was close, but, you know, it is what it is. And uh, I thought he was beating Ricky Simone before he got put to sleep at the end. So, you know, if Marab's 4-0 in the UFC, he's definitely up there in the rankings. Um, and I think that's where, you know, as a fighter, he is. Um, so it's a good test for me. Uh, you know, I moved up quick, so I'm just looking to kind of solidify that spot. 
You're undefeated in the UFC. You extend your streak to six. You were the underdog in both of those fights. Do you feel like now you're heading into this fight as the favorite? I think I may be a little bit of a favorite this fight, you know. Uh, in my eyes, you know, I'm an undefeated fighter. I've never been beaten inside a cage, octagon, ring, anything, you know what I mean? Um, so I, I'm carrying all the confidence in the world, and uh, I think I may be a little bit of a favorite this time. And if I'm not, I'm a good bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you're a very good bet in your last two fights, so I'm pretty yeah. sure a lot of people are going to put you on the... Uh, if you're a betting person, I'm not a betting man, but if you're a betting man, those parlays will probably have your name on it. Yeah, I got a couple like Twitter and Instagram messages from some <laughs> guys all over the world like, hey, uh, you were an awesome bet. Thanks for winning type of thing. So, uh, And I actually I ran into a, a guy in L.A. at the Bellator fights. Mm-hmm. I, he was looking at me kind of weird and uh I finally you know, just kind of said hi, and he's like, man, I, you lost, you cost me so much money. You bet against <laughs> me, against Borg and Bermudez. Oh, okay. So, uh, <laughs> some guys lost some money on me too, I guess. Works both ways, man. Now, you yeah. know, you've had a, a, a bunch of months uh, not fighting, but you've been training. Have you tried anything new in those months? Have you tried any different types of training or, or any new coaches? Uh, no, I'm just kind of sticking to my normal stuff. You know, I feel like I have my complete package of team, you know, with the MMA lab and also, uh, rise combat sports, you know, John Crouch is amazing at the lab. And then Chris Carriasso with rise, you know, I, I still bounce back and forth there. And then I got my, you know, my strength coach, uh, in Tucson, Nick Hulk as well. Um, so I've just been getting better, you know. There's uh, there's not a better MMA gym in, in the world than the MMA lab, you know. We're, we run deep in there and uh, seeing all kinds of different looks. And then, you know, I go back to the drawing board, get better with, uh, you know, Chris and the guys at Rise as well. So, uh, really, I'm, I'm always improving, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I've been professional for, what, five years now. And, you know, I've been grappling a lifetime and, you know, only striking for as long as I've been doing MMA. So, you know, I'm always coming up with new new things, improving my striking skills and just my overall MMA game. We've talked about Chris before and what he brings to the table. You add John Crouch. What does he bring to the table that kind of elevates you to that next level? Uh, man, you, it's like having Bill Belichick and Tom Brady <laughs> in your corner. You know what I mean? Chris is Chris is the hands-on guy, you know, the, the OG that's that's done it all. And, you know, Crouch is the general that's been, you know, leading guys in the battle for a long, long time. Um, so you, you cross the best of both worlds, and, you know, that's a dangerous combination. In 2019, you scratched the surface. You get ranked. 2020, do you feel like this is going to be, like, the breakout year? You could get that title, the breakout year fighter, you know, because there's a lot of guys, in the you know, in the past that have kind of taken that path. You know, they come in, win a couple, and then that next year, boom. They're in the top five. Yeah, man, uh, I'm I'm looking to stay active this year. You know, as long as uh, you know that's the plan for the UFC as well. Uh, and you know, I put Marab away. Uh, start working my way up that that ranking. You know, uh, jump. I feel like once you jump into the top fifteen and you start working your way up that ladder, you know, it's only a matter of time uh, before you get a title shot. Uh, especially if you keep winning. You know, I know there's a bunch of guys ahead of me, but. You know, the year goes on and I have three or four fights uh, this year and I win them all. 
I mean, I feel like I got to definitely be in a, a, a title contention talk, you know, with, with my resume outside the UFC. And then, you know, I put three or four guys away or win three or four fights, you know, now, uh, man, I definitely have to be in, 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 uh, talks for a title. Yeah. Exciting times. Uh, but the, the title is in, in limbo. You know, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with that fight. They're talking about Suhudo yeah. versus Aldo in Brazil. Yeah. Is that something you want to see? Oh, uh, man, you know, I feel like it, they're making the matchups that, one, the champion wants, and two, the, you know, what they want as well, kind of, you know, with uh, Adesanya and Romero. You know, Romero, I think, is it two losses. I know he lost his last one on the judges' scorecards, at least. Um, but, you know, Izzy wanted that fight. The UFC definitely wants that fight, so they made it happen. And... Uh, you know, there's some guys in there that could be more worthy of a title shot than Romero for sure. Um, I think the same thing's kind of happening at Bantamweight. You know, definitely some guys that you could you, that are on a crazy win streak that you could put in there. But I mean, I kind of want to see Cejudo versus Aldo myself. You know what I mean? And if Aldo steals the belt, you know, now I'm chasing Jose Aldo. So uh, that, what? What a better. Uh, you know, what a better division to be a part of than chasing, you know, the great legend Jose Aldo once again, you know. Let's say you're holding the belt. Would yeah. it be smart for the champion to go down to Brazil with all the stuff that's happened in Brazil, you know, with the judges and like weird things, you know, in the hotels and stuff? Would you? Would it be smart for the champ to do that? Ah, uh, man. I mean, it would definitely be. I don't know many people that, that raise their hand that say, hey, I want to go to Brazil. I want to fight, you know. Um, a Brazilian. But, uh, right, a Brazilian, <laughs> especially, you know, Jose Aldo. You're definitely getting booed on the way out, yeah. you know. And that's that's the least of your worries on the way out. But, um, I, I mean, maybe not smart, but, you know, if Cejudo's the man that he says he is, he, he's always got a mean mug, so he doesn't seem too scared of much. Why not? What do you think the chances are of Jose Aldo dethroning Cejudo. Uh, I think it's good, man. As long as uh, you know he doesn't gas out like Marais did. I think uh, you know, kind of what Marais did the first round uh, to Jose or to Cejudo. Um, I feel like Aldo does. I feel like Aldo's uh, got really good takedown defense. He always has, you know. And uh, so I think Cejudo struggles there. And then you know, I don't think Aldo would let Cejudo, you know tie clinch him and knee him like that i think that's something that Aldo would be on top of um i think Aldo would could uh, definitely have a high chance of dethroning him one last thing definition of success in combat sports do you see it as belts money legacy what is your opinion on that uh man uh definitely out of those three legacy you know, I, I want uh, I want people to remember the name. You know, especially if we talk about myself, my name, um, money. Yeah, uh, money's great. You know, definitely have to make enough money to make a living. But uh, you know, uh, I think with legacy comes money. Um, you know, and then all those together, you, you know, you get some belts. You get a belt, belt. You know, the, all those things. Uh, end up happening at once but i definitely want uh, people to remember the legacy you know first and foremost all right february 15th usc on espn plus 25 the location is rio rancho new mexico usa man i'm i'm excited to see you back man because 
you know, that momentum that you created at the end of last year was something incredible to see. And uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to continue on on February 15th. Thank you, Casey, for the time and uh, good luck on the fight and everything that you're doing outside the cage. Hey, thanks, man. Yeah, exactly. I'm looking to continue that uh, 2019 momentum and uh, we'll see what happens in 2020.